All right, what's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 311, also called 311. Uh, my name's Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm here as always with... I'm Ron. And John. Are you just avoiding saying 311 so it doesn't sound like the band? Uh, Sure. Yeah, yeah. sure. That, <laughs> yeah. Isn't it, isn't it like a code for something, too? Isn't it like a, a code for... It's like sure a... It's Code, right? Yeah, it's like a police scanner code. Yeah. I forget what it's for. Is three uh, is three one one not like something? Is that information or the code is four one one? Pornography is the, the child code. pornography. Wow. Yeah, well, that's what came up. John up. just put that I'm, out on the on the pod. No, no, I'm just saying that's what came <laughs> up. That's what came up when I looked it up. Uh, yeah, the, the band's name originates from the police code for indecent exposure in Omaha, Nebraska. Go. Oh wow! There it is. There, there it is. Go. So yeah, man, good to see you guys. Uh, we're going to go through a lot today on the podcast. I mean, Quite a bit. we've got a lot of stuff that we've seen both on the television side of things, the movie side of things. Um, but at the beginning, like as always, we'd like to try to do a couple little catch up things, little news items, bits and bobs, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm, calling I mean, bits I'm, and calling, I'm calling it that bits and I like bobs. Um, I like the I like the idea that around the house you you say to Aaron like we got some really good items for bits and bobs tonight and we just don't know <laughs> like, if that's what you like. For I'm really excited for bits and bobs tonight, Aaron. <laughs> like you have no clue. Uh, we got bits think, and bobs tonight, so it's really good. The timing of this episode's good because I think one of the things I wanted to mention real quick, um, and I'm sure you guys will chime in here. The, today we've kind of been talking a little bit about the the Marvel saga of like release dates, the box office stuff, and you know since we last recorded, there's been some comments about you know the the quote unquote uh, the interesting experiment that Bob Chapek you know made a comment about with Shang Chi's release since they're doing that as a theatrical release window, um, and we were talking about like the Eternals and everything like that, but it does seem like we were talking a little bit before the show they are pretty confident the Eternals maybe still comes out in November because the day they were recording this, the morning of actually, uh, they released the, like a full trailer. I don't know if it says the final trailer, but it's a full, full trailer for the Eternals, um, which was finally, you know, put into the world, which is exciting to see. Uh, what did you guys think of the, the, the full trailer for, for the Eternals? My expectations are pretty low, man. This looks like kind of a, no offense to this. Like, I'm just saying, like, of all the ones I've seen so far, probably the most generic. It feels like a, a Superman origin story, kind of, sort of. Uh, I think I think I'm kind of superheroed out. But the good part about that is when November comes and this feels different than anything, it feels like it's not a part of the MCU, although they've addressed something in the MCU in the trailer. And that right. feels good. Right, um, right. I don't know how I felt about the visuals. I don't know how I felt about the monsters. I don't know how everything looked a little rubbery. The thing is, our TVs are better than they used to be, right? So when we'd see a visual, it'd be like, oh my God, that's a that's a transparent dog wolf thing trying to bite a person. Now you're like, that looks like something just placed on top of the every all the beautiful yeah. 4K footage. And yeah, that yeah. is my problem with the trailer. I'm the concept I'm in but the visuals look a little weird to me. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that it, the action does look a little stylized. I think I think yeah. about half the time I thought, similar to what you thought, these effects look kind of fakey. And the other half of the time I thought, well, this is actually kind of, 
there's some kind of atmospheric the, the fact that these are you said superman kind of godlike uh heroes that we're getting there's yeah. something about their powers being like reality breaking and just the look and feel of them as being something that doesn't that doesn't fit in reality i i see a little bit of that as intentional and a little bit of that is just the marvel the Marvel level of CGI, which honestly, shot to shot, can look excellent or very fake. <laughs> you know, yeah. even even in some of the movies that we love, there can be CGI stuff that you say rubbery. That is exactly that. So I, I don't know. I think to me, what this trailer really did was it's the first trailer. Well, it's only the second look we're getting at this stuff, but it it's the first thing I've seen for this movie that I thought kind of properly sells the concept to people that don't want to dig into it and read about it and that kind of stuff. Like we're a yeah. little bit more plugged into this business. So the first trailer I thought was a little more mysterious. And this one was a little more like placing this story at a certain time in the MCU and commenting on how it fits in. And I thought that was kind of a clever thing to do because I think those are the yeah. questions that people have about this type of story. Okay, you're yeah. introducing these godlike characters. The first question people have is, well, where have they been all this time? Why haven't they been helping? So I think it's smart that the trailer addresses that. And I think I might be a little bit more optimistic than you, Ronald, but I'm kind of at the same level of just, I'm ground floor with this. I don't have a lot of expectations yeah. for these characters. Like I, I, they don't have name recognition with me down to a person. So as I see the actors embodying the characters, I'm really going to be kind of experiencing it much more as just a movie. And as just a movie, it does seem like it's presenting us a mix of familiar looking things with honestly some new stuff and some new ideas that seem really exciting and cool to me. But I felt like this trailer really did. I came away from it going, okay, I kind of see what this movie is going to be. I at least get a little bit of the shape of it and what the characters' attitudes are going to be like. And I have to say, I'm kind of touched. Maybe it's just because we've been having such a, everyone's been having such a rough time on earth lately. I'm kind of touched at the idea of like aliens, like going, they're not so bad. You know, like some godlike yeah, aliens yeah. kind of loving us or caring about us in this, even this aloof parent kind of way. But like just that idea, I feel like it's got some juice to it and might be very emotional to see the way that these, these again, godlike creatures kind of reckon with us and all our flaws, you know, and and all that stuff. So that sounds, right. that sounds promising. But yeah, there is something strangely like... Like they're still trusting that you're you're just going to come see this because it's Marvel uh, yeah. <laughs> on some level. Yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah, think? It feels Andy? like a, it feels like a weird breaking point. Like I think we've been talking about this on our Facebook thread, but I mean, like with every step forward, like that we're taking with these movies as they come out, it does seem like there's going to be a bigger and bigger challenge. Maybe until they get the Spider Man and maybe a little bit of a different story. Yeah. But like you know, with 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 Shang Chi and like uh, or even what we saw with the Suicide Squad for the DC side of things, but with Shang Chi coming out and Eternals and what happens in between those, even Venom, if it comes out still in October for Sony, you know, you know, I just think like it's going to be like a really big test of like the willingness to continue to go and see these movies at the at the peak that we were before. Right, Not yeah. we because we're going to see them, but like the collective we of like the movie going audience that is, is going to push these movies to be, you know, as successful as they can be in whatever the box office looks like now. Now, the movie itself for me, I actually find that maybe like I'm the most positive of the, of the crew on the trailer, at least. Um, Cause I kind of feel like the trailer kind of completely switched my feelings around a little bit. Mm. I feel like I was very kind of low expectations, really didn't have much interest outside of just like the awesome cast. But I think like what John was mentioning, like the idea of the, the, the quick like line or two in the trailer to kind of give us the scope of the, the things at play that would really pull these characters 
into our world, um, I thought was like a really smart thing, like John was saying, like to kind of just put that in the trailer to make sense of why these people matter now when they matter not like when, you know, the snap happened or whatever else in, in the prior 10 years of Marvel. But, you know, I feel like ever since Guardians and like, you know, the the no idea who these people are kind of thing for me, you know, I feel like they I give the benefit of the doubt, even like mm-hmm. reading some of the early word on Shang-Chi and, you know, what what some of the buzz around that is, even though the early stuff is always pretty positive based on who they show the movie to. But right. I just feel like there's still for me, I've still got some juice like with this, like this goodwill that like I've just I'm just so in. And I'm still so high off of Endgame and Infinity War that, like, I think, you know, I have to see what happens with these next couple of movies that aren't the characters that we know. Yeah. You know, it's like there, there's almost like just a curiosity. And also, you know, it's kind of coasting on this 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 uh, this buy-in that I've had because of how much I enjoyed, you know, especially the last few run of the of the Marvel movies. Yeah. But, you know, I thought the trailer looked really good. I do agree with you. Some of the special effects from shot to shot can look a little questionable. Wonky, but I got to I got I got to think like at the end of the day, when this thing comes out in three months, especially, you know, Chloe Zhao's involvement, like I, there's got to be something special about this movie. I, I'm I, I'm I'm going to bet on it. I, I'm going to go for it and think that there's going to be something special about this uh, when we eventually get it. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think you already feel it in a little bit of the kind of otherworldliness of some of the stuff that they're just yeah. not giving us a lot of in the trailers because I think that pacing, like that's the thing that can feel unique when we see this movie is the pacing yeah. and the feel of it and everything. And is it going to feel kind of like uh, schlocky and comic booky, or is it going to feel kind of mysterious and cosmic? And I think it, it's very, that's a question. And I think she might split the difference between the kind of fun right. cosmic that James Gunn gave us and then this sort of truly mind-bending cosmic that this movie seems to be playing with. Like, there's this one shot of a sort of celestial being um, in the trailer that really does feel kind of otherworldly and, like, scary in the way that, like, uh, angels and demons would be if you really saw them. You know, like, something that would just blow your mind. You wouldn't know what you were looking at. And there's this one being that seems to be maybe the being they're taking their orders from in that trailer that is like, oh, we're getting at that... We're getting at that that other crazy side of the MCU that was hinted at in Guardians and a little bit in maybe Captain Marvel. But there's there's some, you know, and now that they have everything, I mean, there's some characters with, I don't, a lot of people thought maybe that was Galactus in the trailer. It's not Galactus, but it could be some other sort of, you know, super advanced level character that they just haven't done much with in these movies yet. So <clears throat> I'm right, curious to see right. what they do. We'll, we'll see. What, yep, what's yep, next? Um... I wanted to kind of touch on this because we're all kind of collectively Star Wars fans. What the hell did you think about Star Wars Visions? The anime-based, and I think there's seven stories that they're doing. This anthology of cool stories where they got a bunch of anime studios to tell these unique Star Wars stories. Would you would you think about the trailer? How you feeling about, you know, it's coming out on Disney Plus and... Yeah, it's animated, completely animated. Mm-hmm. I, I I actually didn't see them, so I can't say. You, you didn't I can't. See I can't. I did. I saw you guys. You mentioning them on the thread. Uh, I saw the 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 animatrix stuff mentioned, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. but I, I I didn't have a chance to see them. What, what did you guys think of them? I think it looks incredible, man. Um, I liked kind of what the animatrix did for the the matrix and kind of told these like stories that were pretty. Uh, loyal to the main storyline and 
gave some ideas, you mm-hmm. know, put some ideas yeah. about there. Uh, like I, one of the ones I saw was like, what if um, somebody in the Star Wars world was like a, sh- a Shogun who had a lightsaber? Like, come on. Like, it's yeah. a cool idea. Like, you know, what if there was a planet that kind of embraced this sort of ideology about shoguns and fighting face to face and i i i thought i i think it's really cool so we'll see we'll see i'll see i mean the animation yeah it looks looks really striking i'm i i think with anime there are certain little stylistic things that depending on the project i can either be totally down with it because of the how inventive and exciting and cool the animation can be or i can get really just it's hard for me to get in with those fast talking characters that have the sort of high cartoony voices like it's it's not it's i mean it's just a stylistic thing (laughs) (laughs) i don't mind the beads of sweat there's just certain kind of things that you know that i'm down with and certain things i'm not but i think that there was some really cool uses of animation to to indicate like force powers or just visuals that that we haven't seen before there's a there's a some kind of beams that are shot at someone with a lightsaber and they're that they wrap around the lightsaber and they kind of reflect them back just it's stuff that's that seems right. kind of like it'll be fun to see someone with that kind of uh that imagination built on on animating things where you can basically do whatever you want seeing that yeah. person use star wars as the kind of grist for the mill uh, and there look like there's a few different visual styles represented so yeah very much mm-hmm. like animatrix or that recent um Robots, what's it called on uh, Netflix? Oh yeah, the one about uh, the different uh, love and love and robot, love sex and robots, love war and robot, whatever it is. But like <laughs> yeah. an anthology with different styles of animation, where you get like sort of a, a just again, and with Star Wars, this is a great thing to do, which is just to say, let's have some unique looks at this world. I mean, I think that's what Star Wars needs right now, anyways, just to be that expansive world of storytelling that that you have that's showing you things you haven't seen before you know yeah so absolutely so i'm definitely interested even if i don't know if i'm gonna love every episode of it yeah yeah but what else is going on um well we're talking about animation and we 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 skipped over to star wars but let's uh maybe double back to marvel with animation and give our thoughts on the first two episodes of what if dot 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 question mark <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I, I I like it too. I think I like it. I think I like it more this week uh, because yeah. just basically because Chadwick is involved. And I mean, yeah. I, it's just, it's it's tough to watch though because it's like that's the last thing. Yeah. Uh, and like you kind of just are like, I kind of want to see a lot of that. You know, that whole story. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I I would watch a whole series of that idea uh that whole what if scenario but i don't know i just i i I love this what ifs the the what if scenario the what if ideas and like possibly where the rest of these are going from what i've you know read a little bit further into the not not like spoilers but like you know what the episodes are or who is in each episode it seems it's just really interesting i just maybe you guys know this like is is this supposed to tie into the mcu proper or is just just kind of like a separate little like cool idea there's been rumors that they will, but nothing nothing confirmed. Well, nothing the, confirmed. the couple things is that the way that they talked about it changed a little bit after Loki finished up the season. I saw them referring more to like dropping more references to a multiverse and dropping more references to just those that terminology. So I yeah. think that we are meant to kind of read into it as 
it exists outside of everything. It's just an anthology, yeah. but it if you look at the vague details of it, it fits this idea of there's all these splintered realities that we now know are happening, quote unquote, in the, in the ha quote unquote happening <laughs> in the MCU. Right, right. So I think that what Ronald said is true. I think the door is open for them to like, maybe even between a couple episodes, have a storyline that seems like there's some awareness of another story or there's some awareness that this isn't the way things are supposed to be or something. I think the door is definitely open for them to do that between now and whenever this show, this first season wraps up. I know that they've talked about bringing back certain scenarios for the second season, like the Captain Carter scenario is supposed to be one that they're interested in returning to in the second season. Um, so that might be an indication that it's not just a standalone one shot, but that they have the idea that there's an alternate reality that they're talking about. So I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I think the T'Challa as Star-Lord episode gave you this idea, and you, they played around with it in Captain Carter, too, is you can't just say, like, you can't have the, the alternate scenario just be unequivocally uh, better Uh or it makes it feel kind of like you can't just have Captain Carter be a better version of Captain America. You know what I mean? You had to have that story kind of go in a similar way that had some tragedy involved. I thought right. the I thought the joke of T'Challa just being so awesome and so influential and so good that everybody turned out better for being around him than they did around Star-Lord. I thought that was a funny yeah. joke, but that does kind of make you feel like, well, then what was the story of Star-Lord then? Like, why are why are we stuck with Star-Lord <laughs> when when <laughs> everybody would be so much happier if it was if it was T'Challa? I, I, I think that, that that friction is interesting, and I think that I could see them building towards something, but at this point, they haven't confirmed it. They've just sort of teased that idea that yes there may be some there may be some like I, I would imagine that through the character of the watcher we might get a little bit more of an indication of like his perspective on there's there's more of these multiversal ideas than were before or right. this one's not supposed to happen or i've got to set things right or something um but yeah they can just go full anthology with it and have it sort of just fit in with the current goings on in the mcu simply because like i said even the even the visuals at the beginning of what if um they suggest that kind of branching realities branching yeah, off yeah, of yeah, something yeah. so so I think the door is open. I, I think I, I may have liked Captain Carter better than better than either of you guys did, but I think the storytelling was just more assured in the second episode. It felt more like a story that picked up and just knew what it was doing rather than with Captain Carter. There was an opening section where like with the narration, there was almost like still images and it just felt like they didn't quite know. And I still don't know that they've worked out exactly what is the format of the storytelling for these shows. They feel very animated, but they, and, and like, real stories, but they also feel a little bit like we're getting a, a different style of storytelling because we're getting something that's so narrated. Do you know at all what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and yeah. he'll just stop and say, now let's go back to the beginning or now let's fly. It's like, I feel like maybe we'll see over the course of these eight, eight episodes or however many that they get a, you know, they really hit, nail the, the style of what this, this new form of, cause it's just something they haven't done in the MCU yet. These little half hour stories that kind of have to get you from A to Z in, that amount of time, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm so far. I'm not really feeling it. It's uh, the beats are kind of clunky. I, I'm, I'm not feeling it. It's, it's just, I feel weird. Cause like, I'm, that's I, okay. I, I, I'll yeah, watch that's okay. it. I'll watch it. And then I'm like, okay. Well, that's why I said I like it and not I love it. <laughs> yes. It just doesn't feel like they've, like I said, it doesn't quite feel like they've nailed what, what the actual episodes are. It's almost like the idea, everything exists in this in this cool state as an idea, but when you really put it into execution, 
like you, you, you can't tell how long what you're watching is supposed to be when it's going on. Yeah. You, know, you don't have a natural sense of, of like what a, what an arc would be. But I like, I like how cool they've done the whole idea of like just who can pop up. Like yeah, in that second episode, like it's that. shocking what characters are in it. You know, yeah. and yeah. And, so if they can keep that up of like sort of surprising you with with who they can bring in, then I think that'll make it fun and watchable. But yeah, will I get to the end and love it, or will I get to the end and no. just be like, well, that was a thing I watched? I don't know. <laughs> that's kind. Of, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling that way, even though yeah. I, like I said, I like the second one more, like considerably more. Um, you, you know what those but I, but like I, to me? Go, go. Oh, what? Sorry. No, no, I'm saying I was going to say like I, but I, I do. I think that's my concern is going to like. Where the other shows that they've kind of done so far, I do feel the the feeling of it like feeding into Phase Four in some way. Yeah. Where this is like it, it feels a, a little different in terms of like the way it's being digested. It's like it does seem like it's going to be like a, oh that's just that was like a thing I watched and it it was cool. Like it feels just more like common programming or something on Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh so there's Monsters University, the movie, and then there's Monsters University on Disney Plus, and this feels like that version. It feels like <laughs> I don't know if you guys have watched any of the Avengers Assemble cartoons. I, mean, no. I remember, I remember that show, but I, I didn't watch a lot of it. Those are incredible. That's what they should just put out. There's no <laughs> that like I don't understand why this is happening. It's like the writing isn't on par with the movies, and. It, it doesn't feel quite as like the stakes or what out the what ifs are like okay so far they've been like all right what right. happened that be all right uh and i think that when i've watched avengers assemble which really does deal with those characters in a pretty fleshed out way i i feel i i feel like i could enjoy it just as much if if it wasn't done in that animation style those writers um, I'd enjoy it just the same. So well, I really like the the I like the animation a lot on this, but I also think it's very odd and it can be very the the it can make the pacing feel very strange. But I think the 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 look of it and I mean I don't know it's just like the whole thing is such a mixed bag. It's like I, so some of the image I'm looking at, I'm like this is really beautiful, and then some of the time I'm like this is that awkward combination of computer generated imagery and hand drawn where it 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 doesn't feel quite as alive as true hand-drawn animation, you know, but it does, it doesn't fully have the, the sleek quality uh. of computer generated stuff. So, but I don't know. I think that it has like a cool kind of antique -y look to it. Like there's something about it that looks old fashioned and there's yeah. something about it that the, the, just the colors and stuff. I find it really a, an attractive show a lot of the time. And I, uh, yeah, like, I think it's just there's there's a lot to like, but like is the <laughs> is, like is where it goes for me. I'm I'm just yeah. I I did not have the feeling of like I mean again it could have been super cool I guess, but I also think it's like they want to get this idea out there, and sometimes that I think we're going to run into that with Marvel where it's like they've got the they've got the ability to execute an idea, yeah, and, and it doesn't matter if it's the most engaging thing. It's more that they got this you know, the what if concept, they're going to kind of push it into being a show. And maybe by the second season, they'll have really hammered out the the kind of lumpy storytelling issues that we're talking about, where it feels a little odd. It's like, it just, it almost feels like it's a preliminary version or it's a, yeah, or so, I don't know. There's just something strange about these, you know, and maybe it's just that I'm not used to seeing these characters animated, um, but I don't think that's it. Yeah, I, think there, I think there is something kind of odd about the feel. Yeah, it's, it's it's weird. It's the tone of it is weird. It doesn't feel the same as those characters. 
Like, all right. So we'll see what happens. I'm 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 still in for it. I'm I'm gonna watch next week's and see what that pans out. That may be better than these first two. I feel like they're gradually gonna get better. And I, I mean, yeah. I, I I think they did it in kind of that order on purpose. Like you're like, okay, Chadwick, his character was great, you know, but like the whole thing didn't feel quite as, I don't know, but like it, it it'll get better and better. I think. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, we'll see. So what if up? we end up really liking it? <laughs> yeah, what if? What if? That's a very um, what what else? We got a lot of TV shows we want to mention before Yo, we sure. start talking about some movies. So let's uh let's bang out some of these movies. I mean the TV shows. So uh well, Reservation Dogs is a new show. You want to talk yeah. about that, Ronald? You brought that up. We kind of all check that out. Yeah, uh Reservation Dogs is a show about uh I think it's in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, a reservation with a, a, a group of friends that are up to no good uh, and, and essentially at a crossroads in their lives where they want to. The goal is to move to California and they have these lofty plans once they get to California. But to do it, they break the law <laughs> a little bit and uh, they get in a little bit of trouble. And these are super lovable characters. Uh, the town just feels very like lived in and fun and. You know, but you feel the residual, like, how did this happen? You know, how did these reservations come to be? Um, but right. it's the humor is Taika sort of centric. I mean, even though he, he he's not directing it, I know he's producing it. Um, he wrote tone, it, too. He wrote, he wrote it, too? Okay, the tone of it is just kind of really what, what you want in a Taika Waititi sort of production. So... I'm a big fan. I'm three in. I'm, I thought they were kind of flawless. Like I, I enjoyed all three, and like more than I would have ever imagined, to be completely honest with you. And I love seeing Native Americans on the TV screen, man. It feels like warms me up. Like we just talked about uh, the Peacock show with Ed Helms, Rutherford Falls. Yeah, actually, you you brought it up, and we didn't really talk about it. like you had oh. seen it. You had seen when you had started watching it. You mentioned it like yeah, in one man. of our recaps at the end. I've 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 seen it since then too, and I, I was kind of connecting the two shows in my mind as well for that reason, but also because two of the episodes of um, Rutherford Falls were called uh, Studis and Scoden. Uh, what is it? Scoden, yeah. Scoden and Studis, which is like, let's do this and let's go then. <laughs> but the, there were two episodes of Rutherford Falls that were named that. And then I noticed the characters in this show saying that a lot. Stu, Studis, Scoden, yeah. um, or, or Kaden. One of the main characters from Rutherford is in, uh, she's like the receptionist at the hospital episode. That's a hospital, yeah. Yeah, so like there's, there's like some interesting... But in both cases, you're getting like that that native presence in your entertainment that I'm yeah. like, oh my God, we've been missing out on not just not just these great actors, you know, but like, because mm -hmm. the guy, uh, not that we're talking about Rutherford Falls, but the guy who plays Terry on that show, Michael Gray Eyes, I think is his name. Yeah. It's great. He, I, I love so this good. guy. And I looked and he's like in his 50s. And I know I've seen him in other things, but I was like, why is this guy in his 50s? He looks and, so young, by the way. But I'm, well, yeah, he does. But I'm just saying, you know, why is, like, I thought yeah. maybe he was going to be younger than that because I haven't seen him in enough, yeah. you know. But How have I, we not heard of this guy? So, and so, yeah, great. across the board, it, it yeah. you said it makes you feel warm inside. That is exactly it. It's like, and it's not like that's reason enough. I mean, sometimes it's reason enough to watch something. It's just that, mm. that, 
feeling of the representation piece. It's something that we talk about a lot. It's important. But when it's done with such an eye towards entertaining and an eye towards creating characters that feel really relatable and interesting, but also that they have specific things going on, stories that we haven't seen before, stories that you couldn't tell in, uh, with any other characters. I think it's, yeah, it's really exciting, honestly, uh, yeah, to see right. this. And there, yeah, the Taika Waititi flavor is there. I would say by the third episode, the most recent one that I saw of uh, Reservation Dogs, it really became, like, that's when I was like, okay, I think I really love this show. That right, had such yeah. a great, the stuff with, uh, was it, what's his name? Uncle, um, <laughs> Uncle Frank or something. What is it, the name of the guy that they go around? with yeah uh God, I forget uncle larry his name. uh anyway they knocked out yeah he was just it's, great he was just great and it's like that was. that felt like that it this kind of world that we're exploring and these kind of adventures that these characters go on it feels to me a little bit like other shows that we've raved about like atlanta or dave yeah. where maybe an episode is going to take you on a completely different ride than you've ever been on before uh watching yeah. any show you know what i mean and that's that's great yeah man it was very very good yeah i think I, you know it's funny because i think taika seems to be one of like the busiest people in show business yeah. so like you, you you see his name attached to so many things and you're like well what at what level because like you know he he's got like the number one movie you know he's in the ryan reynolds movie that came out the the you know free guy movie yeah. and apparently which apparently i i, I heard is like really good like i want to yeah. see that movie now yeah. um he's in but, suicide uh, squad Right, Suicide Squad. He's he's what Ratcatcher one, uh, but yeah. uh, but I'm just saying, like you know, you see these news items and like he's everywhere. But this yeah, is one that's kind of been in development for a bit, and like his name has always been a part of it, and he's one of the creators and co-writers. And I don't know if he's I don't know I don't think they've released all the director lists. I don't know if he's directed any of the episodes of it. But um, it's just like I feel like even in the first episode, you just it has that same heart that like you know you see in all the movies that we love of his and even you know uh even some of the other shows he's done uh you know as as silly and funny as like what we do in the shadows is it still has like this through line of heart you know and this series is a little more serious in ways you know uh, there's something happening in the background there's this friend that they've lost that kind of you know c comes up quite a bit and it's a lot of the motivation of them wanting to get out like ronald said and wanting to, you know, go west or go to California and, and part of the motivation for why they do all these little mini crimes um, to, 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 to earn money to do that by any means that they can. But I mean, like the motivation is so pure in that way. And I think that's something that Taika, he's just like, he's just magical. Like he does it so well. And I'm not to take away from his co-creator or co-writer by any means, but like the common denominator of a lot of these things that we love regularly that he's involved with is him and i mean i think he's so special and uh i just really love to to watch or just kind of immerse myself in anything that he's involved in and this is no exception and yeah i can't wait to watch the the fourth episode which i think we have access to so hopefully we can talk more about that yeah uh on episodes to come up um what else uh uh with only one episode but we wanted to mention heels we finally got to see the episode of that i know we talked about it a little while ago we brought it up on the podcast but that is um i didn't realize it but that's like created and written or created and co-written by the guy that is like the showrunner non-officially for loki which um and the screenwriter for dr strange uh, right too the, the yeah. yeah the wow. multiverse of madness um and it comes yeah, from rick he, and morty too right is that not he does he does yep yep 
but yeah, Heels is a Stars series um, that had its premiere last week. Episode two comes out, I believe, this Sunday. But this is just basically um, Stephen Amell and uh, Alexander Ludwig. Is that his name? Yeah. Plays two brothers that basically um, kind of who are, are part of this amateur wrestling federation, you know, trying to uh, trying to keep the business alive, keep their families alive, some in some way trying to make it big to the big leagues um, and get out of the same kind of thing, kind of get out of the town. And, and do something bigger and better. But um, the, the, the pilot, the premiere episode, or the premiere of the show is really kind of digs into the, the differences that these two brothers, you know, kind of put into their work, put into their career as wrestlers, as amateur wrestlers, um, and kind and, of what and, they're... And like the summary logline would be like, in the wrestling, their characters, the, the brother played by Alexander Ludwig is the face, and and uh, Stephen Amell is the heel, right? And then, but as people, they're kind of opposite. That yeah, Stephen Amell yeah. is more of a solid guy, and his brother, seemingly, and his brother's a little yeah. bit more of a of a heel. I mean, that's kind of like the that's like the hook of the show to some extent is that yeah. you're seeing the difference between their their wrestling identities and and the yeah. people they are behind the scenes. Pretty <clears throat> damn cool, and it and it focuses on that's one right. <laughs> huge aspect of wrestling that I think is amazing, kayfabe, which really existed kind of i'd say before like 96 97 the idea that like wrestlers were not to be seen around each other it was like that with sports too like if you think about kind of like basketball and football back in the day like even in the 90s like two two rival teams if you find out lebron was having a drink with carmelo anthony or or that hulk hogan was hanging out with you know jake the snake roberts ever that was like the worst thing that could ever happen because it broke this sort of agreement that these yeah. people didn't get along you know it's it's really cool so like the the theme of the entire show is actually based on that whole like kayfabe idea which i thought was i thought was pretty damn cool and maybe because i'm kind of slightly obsessed with wrestling and i have friends that are in the industry and wrestling's one of those things like it's a little different than like professional sports because other professional sports i'll say because the the chance of you going from you know from like amateurs to pros is a lot harder because there's a lot more wrestlers but when it happens you can go from like wrestling in the gym one day to being in the spotlight somewhere on WWE or, you know, now AEW. So I thought that was really cool, man. I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty, pretty damn good. Steve, do, are you a wrestling guy the way that Ronald is? Do you think that feeds into your feelings about the show? I mean, not, not, not to the level Ronald still is. Uh, like back in the day, I like, you know, my teenage years and, early adulthood i was really into it uh definitely kind of drifted out of it I, I don't really follow it anymore i mean even with the rise of like aew and things like that i've, I've kind of seen it from the sidelines but uh this level of wrestling like this you know i have some friends that are like in you know down in the south that kind of participate in this level of wrestling and i see them you know then them posting stuff and then you know all their self-promotion and stuff and it, it rings true to what the show is showing. And like you said, Ron, on our thread, like it seems like pretty accurate or it feels very true to life in terms of like 
how devoted and how committed some of these people are to the characters that they play in the ring and in and out of the ring. But I, I definitely like, I'm way interested in like any story about wrestling. I'm not, I'm not tied into it anymore. Um, you know, like Ronald is still, but, uh, in the you know when I was younger, like it was all I cared about. To be honest with you, like, <laughs> like every 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 like if you go through my 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 old room, my parents or like the storage, like every wrestling magazine I still probably have, and like all the freaking memorabilia. Like we would drive all around the Delmarva, like to go to the shows when they came town. You know WWF and WCW, and I don't know. It was it was it was the best, but uh, but the show. It's very interesting because I, I really like Stephen Amell. Like I've always like I wasn't like the I didn't watch it religiously, but I really liked him on on Arrow and um, just him like in general. Like I think he's a pretty cool guy, and yeah. I like how he kind of lives his life. Um, Great so wrestler. I, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, he's very good. very physical. Yeah. Uh, very beyond being physically in shape, like he's super into all that stuff in, in yeah. his personal life. Yeah, like I follow him on social media, and uh, so anytime he's a part of something, I kind of I'm curious to see it. And when when we saw this trailer, like, um, it was very interesting to me to you know to follow, and hopefully you know the show is as good as the as the first episode was because I thought it was pretty great. I don't know that I like love the brother Alexander Ludwig. Like I feel like I felt that way about him and really everything I've seen him in. Mm. But I think it actually works in the show because he kind of comes off a little. I don't. Want, I'm not 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 phony. Like you know, he kind of comes off a little superficial about it in, at oh, times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which which I think is maybe a maybe some of his acting. But I don't know. It, it kind of like is masked a little bit by that character, which I think is to the benefit of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I'm not really a wrestling person and never really have been. So I, I have a little bit more of even an outsider perspective to this. But I, I think I know all this. I mean, I think culturally, you don't have to be into it to know some of the baggage of wrestling. And you know what I mean? The the, yeah. the way that this the way that this show deals with that idea that like, of course, people know that it's it's scripted. That's not the point. Like people like to people that don't like wrestling like to say it's so fake, and it's like, well, the people that watch it know that it's that it's that it's scripted. That doesn't change what's happening yeah. is still happening in front of you. It's still unfolding like a like a, a serialized drama almost for people. Like yeah. so, the people that just don't get wrestling frequently sort of think that that's the gotcha moment. Well, can't you tell how fake it is? This show deals with that head on of like, don't say fake, yeah. but also, yeah, we all know that it's scripted. Um, yeah. But I think for me, I mean, I felt like maybe the it wasn't it was across the board maybe the acting felt a little kind of clunky and a little cheesy yeah. to me like i thought stephen amell even was a little bit like i don't know that his range i think he's got a charm to him that i think is going to help this character and i like but i thought there was something like i was thinking oh i wonder if this show's going to slowly get better as people are more comfortable in their characters and it's like stretching out a little because right. the first episode was very packed with exposition and really felt like it was trying to get someone who'd never heard of wrestling up to speed with some of this stuff but i do think maybe that's a necessary thing like a lot of that terminology even even heel and face and that kind of stuff is like if you haven't watched documentaries about wrestling you might not have heard that stuff so i think that i like the milieu i'm very interested 
interested in the sort of colorful characters that can come into this world because of the sort of outsized people and some of the actors they have coming in. Um, like, I, I don't always love Mike O'Malley, but he really seems to be playing an interesting looking uh, over the top character in future episodes. So I'm curious about that. So I, I really do think maybe I'll give it another episode or two to see if it has that, like, once you get past the pilot, it really starts cooking along. But I kind of felt like it was it was somewhere between like a, a, a prestige drama and a sort of made for USA show from mm. from the early 2000s or something. It just it it just didn't quite go over into that. Oh, this is so well made that I've just got to love it. I do think that a lot of the stuff that is interesting to look at, though, like the wrestling matches themselves are shot in a way that feels really like the narrative that, that comes through that and the yeah. ability to like see the physicality and the, all that stuff. I, I do think it has an eye for, for some of those things. So yeah, I'm really interested to see if, like I said, in episode two or three, if, if it starts to feel like that just kind of assuredness that you, that you feel when a really good drama clicks into right it, to what it's going to be. But I agree with you about the brother being the, the most sort of annoying presence <laughs> yeah. on the whole so show. Annoying, man. Yeah. And like, and like, I don't know, like just, I don't know, something about him, like, he went from like a kid actor to like a massive beast of a man. And like, I, uh, I don't know that, like, I forget what he, I, he was in a bunch of stuff as a kid or like really? a younger kid. Yeah. And then he was like, I think he was in one of the hunger game movies and it was like, Holy shit. He's like huge. <laughs> and, and he's not like, and it, he still acts like a kid at times, you know, like his he was acting one of the guys with the buzz cut. He was like one of the big guys from hunger games. I think so. I'm like, he's in one of the hunger game movies for sure. When you said that my brain was like, he yeah. must have been you, one of the guys with the buzz cut. Like you'll, 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 yeah, you'll see him as soon as you oh, look it up. But crazy, he's been in a lot of random stuff. But I don't know. Hopefully, it's better. I think again, I think it works for the character. Um, and I think, it, I think you're right, John. I think it does probably settle into like this intersection. Like I don't know that it's gonna be like a prestige drama. Yeah. I think it's gonna have a little more of a you know some of that sensation that some of these shows have that maybe a USA or a TNT or you know TBS shows kind of sometimes carry. Well, Stars kind of yeah. does that. That they did the Spartacus show. They do the slightly more like sweaty, you know, yeah. uh, macho shows, and this definitely has. But they can also be, be they, but they can be like more vulgar and more yeah. explicit too, because they they don't, you know, the rating doesn't matter. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. So that was yeah. Heels comes out on Sunday. So episode two comes out this week. If you want to, yeah, watch along with the pod, we'll yeah. uh, we'll uh, keep up with that show as well. What else? What else? Let's talk about Dave season two, which just wrapped up. What can we say about Dave that we haven't already said? Uh, well, well, in a way, it's interesting that they did that with the second season, that they basically got to the end of the second season. And I feel basically the way I did at the end of the first season. Yeah. Um, which is both like a sign of maybe a, a, a style of storytelling they're doing, but also just the fact that they know how to leave you feeling that way that they want you to feel. And I think they did it a couple times this season where an episode took a turn and it just left me feeling so uplifted compared to where it yeah. was going. And then, the, it, and then there's the episodes where it doesn't do that and it swerves in the other direction and it ends on a note of ambiguous feelings and, and negativity. And then there've been a couple other episodes that were just crazy. Like I didn't think I would be watching Dave and I would be worried that, Oh my God, are they going to kill Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Um, <laughs> right. You know, and yeah. Yeah. I won't I won't spoil it for you and say whether they do, but I'm just going to say this is that kind of show where literally I sit down to watch it and I almost am nervous as much as I love this show. I almost get nervous because I really don't know um, 
what they're going to do. Like, I don't yeah. know what kind of show it's going to be. Is it going to be sad? Is it going to be funny? Is it going to be scary? Is it, is it just going to be weird? That second to last episode was like a journey into the mind that was very weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think that Dave, I, it, the, how are they doing what they're doing? This is just such an unusual show, isn't it, Ronald? Like, there's nothing it else is. quite like it. I think, I think that Dave, Lil Dicky, seems to be pretty acutely aware of who he is as a person and his impact. And some of that is like, there has to be some like blowback for like culturally what you're doing, which is basically coming in as a visitor into a space that's dominated by minorities, let's say black and brown people, and finding a way in a way that doesn't feel destructive or like he's stealing or something like that. But he's he's trying to, right? But all the while making these ripples that 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 you're not conscious of anyway. If you know, if you it it really takes conversations to find those things out about yourself. Yeah. And you know, I I do like it. I, I didn't like it at first, but I didn't I do like that he really goes through the mud with it before he realizes that he's made the mistakes that he's made. Because that's essentially what it's real. Like, you aren't going to have an epiphany about how poorly you treat someone right away. It takes it takes a little while. And um, although it feels like some of the same beats towards the, like, the last episode, the last two episodes as a first, it did feel fresh somehow. I don't know how that happened. How I landed kind of in this, like you said, in the same place emotionally. And I was like, I got here a different way than I did before. And I really enjoyed that. It's just a well-made show. Well, so yeah, much think- of it's about, about him and Gata. So go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say no, that yeah, friendship yeah. is crucial to both seasons, the way yeah. the finale unfolds. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think this season in general did a lot more, and it kind of plays in a lot of the different types of episodes that you were talking about, like where it's it's really kind of giving more perspective on his privilege uh, and the exploitation of his friends and, and the people around him that he calls friends and that he kind of keeps in his inner circle. And, you know, and then you see that in episodes like where you get to spend time, you know, when he was at, at his job with, um, uh, the woman that's the, that's the filmmaker. What's her name? Um, do you remember what the character's name is? I mean, the fact that you spend more time with these characters, you see kind of how, they get exploited for who they are, and he—they've even been exploited by him. Right, and yeah. you know that perspective is wrapped around the season pretty masterfully, I think, because it kind of all comes around on him in that final episode when he has that blow up with Gata, and you know, at at his house, and like completely lacks the perspective and the you know the openness to understand what's happening because it's something that he doesn't understand or didn't think was the in the first case. You know what I mean? Like when he walks into that situation. And he, and he pegs a certain thing. And there's two people there that you've seen this whole season be exploited in ways that in some ways he's responsible for. And in some ways he's exploiting, you know, for his own career. Um, that scene I thought was amazing, like at the house. And, you know, we're watching Gator kind of kind of unravel a little bit, but he's got himself in check. The, the character arc of that guy in this show is just amazing. Yeah. And I think that's why the finale works so well. Yes. Is because of Gata. And, you know, for what Dave does, what Dave goes through this season, um, again, with this privileged perspective that he has, 
and understanding and what he comes to at the end with with what it means to Gata and what what Gata has been hoping for all this time just fucking wrecked me man like the the yeah. moment you see him like crying in the dark and you're not sure what's going on and when he comes out on that stage yeah. i swear to god i was crying my eyes out yeah yeah like i had cold it's like the same thing that like you said season one ended you had those cold chills like it had that feeling of a sports movie mm-hmm. almost yeah. like but to me, I feel like this one was even more than that because Gata was involved in it. Yeah. More from just the sidelines hyping him up. He was like the star, really. Yeah. And that, I mean, talking about it, give me cold chills a little bit. Like that finale was unbelievable. To it me. was really good. And, and to go from the performance that he was going to have. I know. To, to what happened. It was. Which. Uh, which is all ego, which is all his like oh, privilege and like what? Well, what, I mean, what, it, what can I do? What isn't that what another you stop me from doing? Isn't that another thing that makes it like the first season too? Though, because remember yes. the whole thing—he's going yes. on the radio show and he's going to do that—that that, he's going to play that song about prison, which is him <laughs> yep. again, like reveling in his privilege and I mean yep. trying to make a commentary. They're always yeah. smart enough to make Dave's self-awareness at like the episode starts and his self-awareness is at a, a certain level, so he's got some self-awareness. By the end of this episode or the end of the season, his self-awareness has gone up a bit. So, but it's yeah. like they start off with him, and even in his argument with Gata, he has a point. Like you can see yeah. how Dave goes into that moment thinking he has a point of like, dude, what's your problem? You know, right? <laughs> like, right. but it's because he hasn't been paying attention to Gata this whole time and thinking about Gata's emotions and investment this whole time that he's able yeah. to go into that situation and have that bravado and actually argue and not just listen because you want Dave to just listen at that moment, but he can't. He's got to fight first. Yeah. Um, I think that that friendship, that relationship. Um, it's like last season, back to what I was saying, that at the end of the first season, like he made that choice. It partially was because everybody around him, no one wanted him to play that song about prison. But also he could tell in that moment that he would have been betraying Gata because Gata's in there vouching for him, even in the face of the question of, aren't you exploiting this guy? You know, which is what uh, Kid Charlemagne, I think. Is that not the radio guy? Yeah, uh, Charlemagne, Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God. Who's um, <clears throat> like talking to him saying... Uh, is, is don't you just bring this guy around to be your hype guy? Aren't you exploiting him? You know, and for Dave to then like like redeem that moment by 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 not doing something so solipsistic and navel gazing as playing that song that that uh, Benny what's his name Benny Blanco or whatever his name wanted him, <laughs> wanted him to play. But like this season, it's the same thing again. But yeah, it's amped up. But that that you're right. It's almost like they. It is a formula, but it is a it is a spin on it. And I think the fact that yeah, I mean, we keep saying his name, but this season. For me, it was all about Gata in so many ways because I I kept thinking they were going to spin out into like major melodrama with him. I kept thinking he was going to do something really rash or he was going to hurt himself or he was going to spin out of control. And then I kept realizing as I was thinking that, no, this show has built this character who's bipolar and they've, they've showed us the reality of that. They're not going to turn around and make it like something that brings him down. Like they're going to make it... uh, part of Gata's personality, but they're not going to make it like this source of cheesy melodrama, you know? And and so I realized when you get to the end of that, they've did it a couple times throughout the season where you thought things were really going to turn bad for Gata and then something goes his way or just his resilience comes through. Um, yeah. And I think that was kind of a theme of the season and I really sort of appreciated that because I think it would feel sort of cheap to have him, you know, 
do some of those melodramatic things that you might expect uh, a, a, a cheesier drama would be like, now we've got to do this. We've set up this character. But it's like he's 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 trying and he's fighting all of his uh, his demons, you know, and I think that makes him a really, really interesting character and uh, in some ways more interesting than Dave and a lot of ways more interesting than Dave who, yeah, we are supposed to sort of look at him and be like, dude, what are you doing? All season long, he can't finish this album. Everyone around him is looking at him going, what is your problem? You know, like, why can't you just... And and I, I relate to the performance anxiety he's feeling, so I'm not saying they made him thin at all. It's just that by the end of the season, you really were ready for him to just kind of shut up and make some music, you know, or yeah. do something. <clears throat> Yeah, I think like one of the episodes that stands out in the season to me, like talking about Gata and like and kind of how he in 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 ways that Dave never really even sees has has like propped him up the whole season. Like that bar mitzvah episode. Yeah. When when like Dave just completely blows it and like completely just ruins the uh opportunity, like whatever. Like it, it's like he's taking advantage of a situation. He's getting paid a lot of money to be, you know, to play this kid's bar mitzvah. These people are worshiping him and he can't even do it. You know, he, he screws up. He can't even and, handle it. And, yeah. And, and, and Gata, you see Gata come in and like kind of save the day at the end of the episode. Like he manages to be like, I got this. I got to make it right. I don't want this to end, you know, like, and Dave never even really sees that happen. Mm-hmm. And like that episode to me was kind of like a bookend to like the way the season ends with, you know, that, that blow up and, you know, Dave never really understanding really what Gata's doing when Dave's not around. Right. Yeah. And when him learning about like him being in that closet, rapping all the time, like coming up with stuff, th- him looking in the closet, like you could see the look on Dave's face where he was like, like, that was a realization. Like that mm-hmm. was a like, Oh, this is like stuff that I don't even understand and know about. Like all that stuff just works so well, man. It just, it's such a man. So good. So good. Yeah, I don't know. The, the way they wrap it all up, just I feel like it's so is so stealth and like the, it just it's so effort. Like this the show, I don't know. Like it it feels like effortless. Like they just do such a good job at like wrapping it all up at the end of the season. It just yeah. it feeds so well into a, a such a satisfying finale. But well, I think that effortlessness comes from just how they can shift. They can have these really funny moments, yeah, really absurd moments. Uh, again, like Atlanta, so stuff where you're like, wait, yeah. is this really happening? Or is this like, <laughs> what's going on here? But then the flip side of that is there will be these scenes that are just super uncomfortable and real. And like that's the argument with Gata may have been one of the the best yet. But also this season, there was that kind of attempt to reconcile with Allie and play that song yeah. for her that just was painful as fuck. And then that oh scene God. with his parents at the dinner table where they finds out about his dad's depression. How raw, but real. And also at the end of it, you realize, no, I'm in a world where these these writers, these actors, they care about these characters. They're not presenting like a cynical, nihilistic view yeah. of people. They almost always show people coming through for each other in some way or making space for each other in some way, even if the episode can end on a really kind of down note sometimes. Right. You know, that scene with his parents could have gone like three or four different ways before yeah. it ended in that kind of 
place of learning about each other and acceptance or something and kind of laughing right. together. Um, or at least that the joke once again is on him for being the way he is, you know, but I thought that that, that was really beautiful the way yeah. they did that. And uh, yeah, that's that, that whole, the whole song that they, he did last season with Ali that was brought back this year where he tried so to good. recreate it early in the season with a new, a new woman and that didn't work. And then yeah. he played the song for um, what's his name? Andrew. Is that his name? I think it is Andrew. His that- manager. Yeah. 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 We're, hold on, I've got the Wikipedia page up. It's uh, Mike. Andrew's the actor. Andrew Santino is the actor. Um, by the way, Christine Coe as Emma was the character whose name we couldn't think of a second ago. Oh, but yeah. Like, but like him hearing that song, it was a great moment too, because he's like, I don't know, he had such a nice reaction to this stuff that Dave had made. And we know that song has some kind of juice to it. And then to find that Allie's not comfortable with him releasing it. You know, I mean, that that, that all just so... so complicated and thorny and there's no yeah. easy there's no easy way to feel about what the characters are going through in like the the placement of like doja cat is legitimately one of the most popular artists right now and that that episode i could almost say it was like a perfect episode man like, it, it, it was it was it really is like a representation of what relationships have become with modern technology and how how people can miss each other it's it just oh, man. and particularly dave and how he can trip himself up you know yes. that was a great example of his worst qualities <laughs> yeah it's fucking getting in his own head man yeah <sighs> yeah all right moving along moving along moving any on. other tv shows white lotus oh my god white lotus i still need to see more of that show so ronald you saw the first episode though what what were your thoughts after watching the first episode of white lotus i've seen the first episode and i'll come in for like 10 minute blocks when aaron's watching it mm-hmm. um i'm in man like hbo captures this like very particular type of people in america man it just so good like and it's it's not to like it's not trying to make fun of them so much as like you these people are humanized in a way they don't feel like parodies of of like annoying people with all the privilege and none of the awareness but (laughs) those people are so good to see on camera while all these crazy things are going on i'm i'm in I'm in. I, I, was, yeah, no, I was very you, impressed. You kind of nailed what it is that's so impressive about the show, too, is it gets at that exact thing of like, I mean, I think ultimately the show is more concerned with class than it is mm. with race or gender issues, but it definitely tackles all three. Mm. Um, and the, the Mike White, I mean, he's done it before. He's done it throughout his career at different times, but the guy just, he's a good, he's one of those great observers of human foibles and and yeah. i think that like this is maybe one of the best things he's done and the fact that it's written and directed by him uh, all across the board yeah. i mean it goes to some just amazing places i was i started thinking i was going to watch a couple episodes uh last week and i just ended up binging up until the moment you know where i i could then this finale came out um no i i think it's uh it makes you think about every time you've gone up to a, per- a concierge at a at a resort or a hotel and complained about anything and that person has been like oh 
yes, oh, Mr. Walker, we're so sorry, you know? And you've been like, yeah, that feels right. That feels right that you would treat me this way. You know, um, it really approaches it, that aspect. And I think I've always tried to err on the side of being, I mean, I, I don't, I've worked in the service industry. So I, I see people as very humanized who are doing the tasks that make places like that run. However, I, I think this show points out that even if you are sort of quote unquote woke, uh, you will still trip over some things when you're interacting with people whose job is to make you feel good about your choices, not just their performance, but about being here right. in this place. And they're trying to present this world. And you can like think that person. And I, I sometimes run into that even with like a, a contractor or somebody comes and does something at my house. If they're so friendly and they leave, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm friends with them. And then I stop and I'm like, no, no, you paid them. And they were nice because you were paying them. And that's, that's fine. Right. That's just fine. You know, that's still nice, but it's not the same thing as like being friendly with somebody. And I will say this, just money gives you power over people. And yes. people who don't seem to be aware of that or don't seem to think about the, the ramifications of that, this show is full of them. Uh, I thought some performers were just incredible, though, across this season. I thought Steve Zahn did some career best stuff. I thought Connie so Britton good. was incredible. Um, uh, um, uh, Jennifer Coolidge, holy shit. I mean, like, breaks your heart in every scene she's in, but has a moment that is like, both played completely seriously and almost ironically because she's having this emotional epiphany, but we know that it's the it's at the expense of right. this woman that she's befriended. Um, and even the woman she's befriended, who's like, I see an opportunity. This woman might want to help me. This, this rich woman might want to help me. Mm. And the way that that changes you when you're around someone who might help you and you start changing your behavior to be like what they want you to be you know like yeah everybody comes away from those those in, interactions a little dirtier and a little a little feeling a little less about themselves and yes uh you said it ronald this show presents them as monsters but it also completely humanizes these these monsters um and the lead performance for me i guess there's no real lead on this show what's the actor's name steve do you know the guy who plays armand i do not know yeah he's probably the lead though uh, let me see. The actor is Murray Bartlett, who I think has been in a few other things before, but this is the first thing I've really seen him in. And I mean, just and his performance kind of is the story of the show, the way that his character treads this line of kind of being in the middle of that dichotomy I was talking about, where it's like he's got people under him who he kind of abuses, but he's also catching a lot of abuse from these rich people. He's the manager of the resort, the hotel, mm. the White Lotus. Um, so you, you get to see him do, do both. You get to see him both kind of be imperious and, and abuse the people that look up to him and also have to kind of, you know, lick the boots of <laughs> these people that, that he's disgusted by. <clears throat> yeah. I, I thought the season was great. I mean, I don't want to get too spoilery yeah. until Ronald finishes it, but I think that, yeah, the, again, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, last week talking about the that was nine perfect strangers or whatever whatever it's called um, yeah. yeah like these ensemble comedies like these these well, I don't know prestige dramas whatever they are dramedies maybe they're called yeah. dramedies um, especially the ones like Ronald was saying that that HBO is involved in they're so consistent and I mean they're they're yeah and to see Mike White kind of be able to do this show I I, I I'm a fan of his and. I would say if anybody has not seen uh, the mo more recently, he had a movie called Brad Status that no one saw. Uh, a great movie, uh, just to kind of he's been out. Laugh at it. The way you said it, just no, I, it's true. Like no it's one true, saw though. that. Movie. No, you're right. Like you're right. nobody knows about it. And anytime I mention it, like people that I know have been watching White Lotus, 
I say like, you know, have you seen Brad's stat? It's like, you know, people maybe know him from School of Rock more more commonly. Or Chuck um, and Buck, maybe even. Chuck and Buck, maybe. Enlightened, which was his creation as well. For right. I don't know. It's just it's just like this is a moment for him. And I think it is probably the best thing he's done, um, especially because it's like he's been he, he is the writer director of all the, the whole season. Um, but yeah, the performances are great. The the just it's a beautiful show, too, like uh, shot in, you know, in Hawaii. Uh, and I think like the young cast really stands out, too. You know, oh, yeah. One yeah. of the, the 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 son, Fred Heckinger, he's been in a bunch of stuff recently. Um, he was in that was it Woman in the Window, the which was a really bad movie, and he was not good in it either. But I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff recently. He was in the Fear Street, uh, ninety four yeah. episode. Right, right. Um, but he's got a lot of stuff coming up. But I thought he was great in the show. Like he is probably you know one of the redeeming characters. I don't know one of one of the one of the. Uh, optimistic characters of the show maybe uh if there are any but i just think uh the young I think cast the, i really think he's does... the most optimistic because the other yeah. si- other sympathetic characters are embroiled in such a tragic turn of events this the sister and her friend paula yeah are the, you would say maybe the paula is someone who you kind of root for and admire but she makes a colossal mistake that really yes. is, is like not just to take her character down but i do think that the brother you're talking about he kind of uh, emerges with the most hope attached to him at the end of the story yeah but across the board the cast is great and i thought the story was really interesting and i know they renewed it for a second season um a different story maybe i think they were saying they at another like white lotus resort uh, different cast things like that they have that kind of that cool flexibility to kind of do that from season to season if it continues to be as good as this one but yeah steve zahn is like probably one of like the most underrated guys in acting that i i have loved for decades like i love everything i will see anything he's in and uh i think he's so good in most of the stuff that he's in um but i thought he was great in this show and i want to i i hope i get to see him more like he's not in enough stuff anymore um but yeah him and connie britain's scenes together are just i mean we, we love connie britain i mean she's great um and she's in a lot recently it seems but this is definitely the best of what she's been doing uh in the recent year or so but yeah ron we'll talk more when you finish it out if okay. you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna dive into it so yeah, we'll, yeah, maybe we can maybe we can talk about it a little more when you finish it yeah and just to mention a couple more people since we're mentioning everybody alexandra daddario does things i've never seen her pull off in a performance before as well natasha rothwell as belinda is incredible she's yeah just perfect for the character she's playing and i loved seeing what's his name uh jake, jake lacy yeah. i love seeing him take his like he's that boyfriend that you want the character to have in this in the movie or the show you know like i love seeing him take that steady likable guy character and twist it into something else um mm. because this is that i mean even the monsters are relatable on this show. So this he's like this spoiled, privileged guy, but you sort of see why he is the way he is. And a fraction of what he's doing is, if you ever Ronald got into a place and it's not the right room or it's not what they promised you, mm. yeah. it, and it gets under your skin, like we all have that part of our personalities. The way yeah. that he goes, he just completely gets, like he lets it get 
festering with him that like they did me wrong yeah, and so he's this super yeah. privileged guy who has like had something go slightly wrong and there's like no one more you should fear no one more than a super privileged person who has had something Ooh. go slightly wrong <laughs> yeah. right right they take it so personal man yep yeah all and, the goodwill he earned from uh obvious child yeah is uh <laughs> right. is, is burnt is burned up uh, i mean in some cases yeah. in some way yeah he's yeah he's so good he's great in this stuff too so Cool. All right. Uh, let's let's talk about some movies now. Yeah. Okay. Let's mention a movie or two for sure. Ronald, you saw Snake Eyes, right? I did. I saw it. What'd you think? Oh, you did. Cool. Okay. What'd you guys think of Snake Eyes? I the first thing I thought after it was done was Shang Chi is going to be a really good movie. <laughs> I had first, the same thought, Ronald. <laughs> is that crazy? John, like, what what poor timing does this movie have to come yes. out a month and oh. a half or two before Shang Chi? It, the problem is, <laughs> this is not a terrible movie, but because it's competing, no, it's really not that bad. It's competing with the Black Panther of 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 this year, martial arts superhero movies. Yeah, what are we gonna do? It's, it's horrible it's, timing. It's horrible. It's, horrible. It, it's, but it's, it's a way fun movie. It's, it's way more fun than I thought it was gonna be. It's like so I, 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 Same. I just was like. I was three quarters of the way through it. I'm yes. like, Aaron, like, <laughs> I kind of like this movie. Like, well, okay, you know why? Henry Golding reviews. is really good. He's really good. He is. He I is don't, really good. I don't really understand. <laughs> I don't understand acceptance for things you do terribly to somebody, but <laughs> Henry Golding was incredible. Everybody in the movie was really solid. And there were points where I was like, man, I. I think I could watch another G.I. Joe movie if it came out. I know. I was going to say, they they took all the elements of, like, I I, but I didn't see the second G.I. Joe movie. I saw the first one. And mm. I mean, I barely remember being able to pay attention to it. Right. And that was being a kid growing up, loving the comics, loving the toy line, loving the animation, the show that, I mean, all that stuff is really the basis. Like, there's a core period during that stuff. Those characters were the ones that this, this the movie iteration seems to be based on or seems to right, want to be right. based on. And I just didn't have, I just like this doesn't feel like the thing that I liked or whatever I liked about it when I was a kid. I just began to think maybe I just don't give a shit about G.I. Joe being a new thing. Like I can be, I can enjoy what it was when I was a kid. But this yeah. sort of got at the fun that I think you can have with this world. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a goofier version of something like Mission Impossible or something like that. But you yeah. can have these big yeah. stunt extravaganzas with sort of like simple man on a mission type stories or person on a mission type stories or team on a mission, whatever kind of story it's going to be. But I started to see the ways in which like, I think you can make that GI Joe concept kind of fun in a movie. And I yeah. think this, this kind of got at that a little bit. And I do think like I, there was nothing, even though, okay, snake eyes uh, didn't speak in the comics and in the show. And, and he had his face covered all the time. I think if we're going to say, no, how about if snake eyes talks just like anybody and he's really handsome. So we want to see his face. Uh, does that change the character that much? And it was like, yeah. not really. He was always just kind of a badass anyway. Um, yeah. And I think the Storm Shadow thing, like this movie could also be called Storm Shadow and it's kind of an origin story of, of a, another character. And it, yeah, it all felt kind of cool, but for some reason it like didn't crack the like Shang-Chi enthusiasm and also yeah. the, like I said, the Mission Impossible action stunt, whatever. Um, but it felt like it was so 
I, it felt very confident. It felt like it knew what it was trying to do, and the story actually had enough yeah. enough twists in it, and it, like the characters were very clearly delineated, which I think yeah. is a big part of a story like this, where you know midway into it, you you're not confusing characters for other characters. The intentions of everybody are pretty clear. Um, so, and I, but I'm I'm with you, Ronald. There's a lot of like people doing horrible things to each other and kind of sweeping it under the rug yeah, to try to to try to just get onto the next scene. And I guess that sort of uh, you know that's a that's the world we're in. I'm like, what kind of betrayal is this? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, how could you forgive someone for that? But we've got to stop. Right. We've got to stop Kenta. He's got the he's got the jewel, and he's like, yeah, okay, let's stop him. But it's like, you know why he has the jewel? Why? Because I handed it to him about ten minutes ago. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. And then he watches him. And yeah. yeah, it's it's it's. But it was fun. Yeah, it surprised yeah. It me fun. so much how fun it was, man. Like I'd watch it again. I'd like show it to somebody else. It, it sound wise was pretty damn amazing. Were those electric motorcycles, by the way? I was wondering. It about look, that. They, it looked. I think cool so. Sound. They made yeah. no noise, mm -hmm. and you can hey, hear. It. So like, they're ninjas. They're ninjas, they, Ronald. <laughs> ninja cycles. Sense. That explains it. That makes sense. <laughs> there were some like fast and the furious moves on the highway that I really enjoyed. Like, I like. I like driving. that sequence. Uh, like on the car carrier, like when. You know so when they're good. like swinging around and like yeah, kicking yeah. people, like some of the fight choreography choreography in that scene was really good. Yeah, it's it's such a weird conversation because I'm I'm glad to hear that we're all on the same page because oh, I was I like, it. am I, I gonna fun. come in on this saying like it was a lot of fun and they hated it nah, because it, it it is like a weird like they actually have a decent movie that just unfortunately came out like it, you know real talk came out what like the same month Black Widow came out and the month before month and a half before <laughs> Shang-Chi like yeah. what horrible timing for a movie that like I don't know that they needed more G.I. Joe movies but they're like I guess we're going to do some we're going to try some origin stories yeah you know where we where we basically recast characters that we've already shown in the other two G.I. Joe movies <laughs> you know like like Scarlet yeah. and even Storm Shadow like you know like different people were in those roles uh but, you know, not that I mind seeing Samara weaving. I love her, but uh, well, well, they, the isn't uh, someone from the production came out very clearly saying this is a reboot, not a not a spinoff. Like this is oh, intended really? okay. to be a total wow. reboot. Yeah, but they were like, so he all was, the other GI Joe stuff doesn't matter. According wow. to the the was, was it Lorenzo de Bonaventura or something? I might be saying that name wrong. Sure, it's on a bunch of movies. But he, but was basically saying he, like almost like saying I don't know why people keep calling this a spinoff series or you know of of the other movies because this is very clearly a reboot and i think that's because yeah henry golding like i think was it ray wise uh not yeah. Ray wise well, uh, he, uh not, ray, park. ray park he was in the yeah. second one but i think i don't yeah i don't think i don't know if snake eyes was in the first one yeah i think he was i don't know i don't know i guess he maybe he played him in that too it just feels like a different take on the character so i yeah. feel like it definitely feels it like definitely a, a, a new yeah. version but yeah I, I think it's smart just to kind of leave leave the uh the, the those versions behind can i ask you guys a question before we get off of this movie yeah so he comes to he comes to this gang he's talking to the head of security this really cool very very smart action action star that's like she can fight she can do all this stuff she's she's in japan with a british accent he's from america right <laughs> And he has an American accent, okay. But couldn't he have just had a British accent and been like a 
Like he moved from. I didn't understand why he had an American accent, and the lady was in Japan with a British accent. When they could have just said, "He's an expat, British dad came to America for a little bit, still had an accent, made it to Japan." Why the but fuck you're, was this? But but you're all in on the red crystal that turns people in the fire. Yeah, because that's what we're got it. Got because that's what they do. That's right. That's right. The last time I had a red crystal, I blew up a fucking car, man. That, <laughs> now that tracks. That tracks. You know. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. lie to you. Like, there's a moment when they're talking where I was like, "Which one of them is gonna make a comment about their accent?" And I was like, "It's probably gonna be Ronald." <laughs> it drove me crazy. I was like, "I bet." <laughs> I knew it would. Uh, but it was, it was such a fun movie, man. See, see Snake Eyes. I never thought I'd ever say see Snake Eyes. If you, so if they, you did they break did they break the window? Because I because it's on video on demand. It's on like the yeah. Peabody channels now. So they broke the so they broke 45, 45 days. Yeah. So it's it was almost exactly a month from the day it was released. Right. Okay. That's what I thought. Which is very strange, man. Like I don't. I I think. They were just like, it's not doing as well as we thought it was going to do. And PV, like I said, PVOD seems to be a good in-between for wherever it goes next. And yeah. I think it's going to do really well. Word of mouth is going to get this thing. If they cut it down, it's $20 right now. If they get it down to like 15 or even 12 I think it's going to do gangbusters, man. It's going to do really well. Nice, nice. Okay. And what, so we got, is there one more? Uh, I, did you see The Green Knight? I did not see it, but you can mention it. I know John talked about okay. it before. Yeah. What do you think of it? Um, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Good. Same. It, it is. It, so I think a lot of the movies like, so we watch things like Game of Thrones where it's like this sort of conversational sort of uh, mad. So Mad Men, very, very dialogue based with, with some action <laughs> and stuff like that. This feels like, it's ambiance. It's a lot about like the journey, the feel of things, the look of things, um, and it is a gorgeous movie with a lot of like trippy visuals. Um, if you're coming in here looking for a straightforward, uh, night goes to talk to a man about a thing in another town. You you aren't getting it in this movie. You're getting like essentially like, I'd say. I mean, a twenty four really knows how to do things on a budget man if 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 i want them to do everything like if they need to give some lessons to some bigger studios that are doing these like you know 200 million dollar movies how are they managing to make these movies look like gold like gold visual gold and even down to one of the i'm not going to give it away but one of the characters that was in the, the movie that was clearly cgi they didn't look too bad like they just lighting was good on the on the cat the cgi character it just they have something down that i'm just i don't i don't know what their secret is because i got they have to have a lot of secrets but the way they do things for the budget that they do things and the stories that they tell the choices that they're making they are the best studio to me i mean there's no competition like it, it it's so they're so ahead in terms of like budget versus story versus delivery of that. Yeah. And getting the creative people like David Lowry as a director is somebody who always has a very specific tonal thing going on 
mm-hmm. with his movies, and is always very well worked out conceptually. It reminds me of Robert Eggers, the guy that did Witch and right. uh, The Lighthouse. Yeah. You listen to him in an interview talk about the movie, there's always such a rich creative concept behind what yeah. he's doing. And I think that that might be one of the ways that this movie, The Green Knight, Ronald, like does what you're talking about, because it, it, it uses, let's put them in locations that have their own kind of uh, awe to them. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's you know get performers and the costuming and everything like the, the way that movie it feels so ancient in a way yeah. like it makes you realize how long ago like almost a thousand years ago this this Arthurian era might have been and just the do you know what I mean about the kind of eeriness and the how yeah. how remote everything seems and how gray everything seems and it seems yeah. like even the best person with the best fortune still has a kind of gray eerie life and and yeah that journey you're talking about there's a very dreamlike quality to the journey that uh, uh, Gawain goes on don't you think like and Dev Patel is incredible and I'm all for that kind of casting like let's just forget this whole idea that everyone has to be some Shakespearean white guy I love just saying no it's an Arthurian legend let's just get a good actor to play this character and someone who has a really great look um, to them um, but yeah. I think that, yeah, I think there's a lot that makes The Green Knight special, and definitely the visuals and that aspect of the storytelling are a huge a huge part of it. I really enjoyed it, man. It's a great fucking movie. Can't wait to watch it. So, are we going to do The Night House? Is that, our, is that our final item on the menu? Yeah, I think so. I think that's our time perfectly to today. Comes out today in theaters. The Night House. The Night Directed House. by David Bruckner, starring yeah. Rebecca Hall. Who else? Sarah Goldberg's in it. Yeah. Um, Vonnie Curtis Hall's in it. I don't forget what the husband's name is, but um, I don't know. What do you guys think of uh, The Night House? I really like Rebecca Hall. I really like Rebecca Hall too, and that's the review. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, I've, I've I've seen some people talking about this movie recently that were excited to see it, and I have having seen it, didn't want to rain on their parade, but I had to give like a little short. I wanted to give a short comment, so I feel like I can sum up my feelings pretty well. I'm, I've well practiced on this. I thought it had great atmosphere and a couple of really cool sequences, but ultimately not much of a story. And uh, that's kind of where it left me. <laughs> it's like, I, I feel like that third act was really missing some kind of something. Um, but I thought the kind of journey of discovery the character was on and the, 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 the particulars of the mystery that's being sorted out are, are pretty engrossing. And it's an interesting scenario that the character finds themselves in. But I just didn't think that the story around that scenario felt like, like it, it just is one of those movies that kind of ends um, yeah. a- after some kind of cool buildup. The slow burn part of the story was actually, you know, the first half hour or so was pretty effective, making me feel creeped out to be, if I was this person, I would be creeped out to be having these experiences that she was having. So, yeah. yeah. yeah I think that, I mean, she's really good in the movie, actually. And I think that, um, you know, in most of the things that we've seen her in recently, but I do kind of agree. I feel like for a movie that's almost an hour and what is it, hour 45, hour 50? Yeah. Like it does feel like it moves pretty quick, but it does feel like it is missing a pretty important part of an arc or like a narrative. Like there's something missing from the story to get to what I do think is actually a pretty cool reveal. Like yes. I kind of did like the reveal at the end of the movie without spoiling anything. But simply the reveal idea like the idea of it is what i'm saying i like yeah like, I don't, I don't what's think going idea, on what's exactly. going on with her with her dead husband what he was doing 
Right. And I, yeah. I don't know that I don't know. I don't think it was really executed that well. And I think that's because something does feel like it was missing to get us from, you know, A to Z, you know, or, or to kind of fill that gap. Um, you know, there's some really cool shots in the movie. Uh, I do like the idea of like, you know, this house by the lake and there's this like, you know, the, this element of a boat. And, you know, there's there's a lot of imagery and you know, symbolism in the movie that really plays well into yeah what we're talking about as this idea, the reveal that I think is really tied into it nicely. It's just not executed very well. I don't think. And I think that, you know, it kind of struggles to get to a real end and, you know, it just feels really abrupt and then the movie's over and, you know, it wasn't really for me. I don't think Ronald. Yeah. What, what, what do you think, Ronald? Sometimes when I, when I'm watching a movie about a woman, sometimes I want a woman to tell a story. Sometimes I feel like the the sense of dread, the sense of 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 like uh, all the things. I know this is a weird thing, man. Like the first thing I thought was like this. Sometimes I want the story to be told a little differently, and and it feels like. I, I, as a guy, I know what makes me scared. I know what what drives me crazy, and it ain't the same thing as like what, the things that make women scared. A lot of the times, a lot of the times, like we are the fear, we are the dread. We are dudes are capable of some yeah. awful things. So like sometimes I think that like the perspective that we put on a, a woman's character doesn't feel authentic to me sometimes and and i can feel sometimes that like this horror film feels like a man writing a woman being in this situation and that's the first i mean i'm talking to aaron about this as she clocked out by the way she was like done like uh, 15 minutes into it um but it's (laughs) it's a thing that i've been very cognizant about when it comes to like narratives and stories it's just you you hear enough people talk about like you you know our our I, at least Steve, your your wife is into murder murder shows, right? She's into murder. More importantly, yeah, murder she shows. also likes murder shows. Okay, and John, your your wife into murder? Oh shows? yeah, she's yeah. It's America's pastime. Yes, right now, man. Right? And, and there's shows. something about the way that they talk about the the dread of dudes that I feel like they could have captured a little better, and uh, it just wasn't a well told story. More atmosphere than story, and yeah. I and I hated that because it was so good. The atmosphere that they created was so good, and I, the, the, you're right. The, the 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 like twist in it was really unreal. Like I was like, oh my god, that's what it is. Right, that was crazy. But like, I don't need all of this shit to tell me this. Like, that could have been a better way to tell the story. He could have been alive too. Like, I don't know why. I mean, not to give anything away, but like that part is in the trailer of the. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that I honestly I thought about that, and if anyone like, who what? sees the movie will know what, what we mean, the decision to start the story with her husband already dead was a real choice narratively. Yes. That I think for certain things to work, you need that to be the case. But I also think that you're right that a lot of the what the mystery is around and the twist doesn't need the supernatural element. 
Well, it needs a supernatural element, but not the same. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah. thing. It's like two supernatural elements are kind of colliding. You're kind of thinking yeah. it's one type of thing, and it turns out to be something else. So, yeah. I, but I, I thought of that same question. I was like, oh, would this movie have been helped in any way by getting to see the the husband as a as a living person? You know what yeah. I mean? And not just yeah. in memories and flashbacks and and whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I guess we're all kind of lukewarm on this one. <laughs> Don't yeah, this is this. Yeah, I would. Uh, I no, would. Uh, skip it. I'd probably go with a skip or uh, uh, hold up, wait for hold it. Hold up. Yeah. Go ahead. Hold up. <laughs> Don't see that shit. Man. Just say yeah. uh, say them all. Hold up. Wait for <laughs> well, it. I'm, 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 I'm reminding myself. We kind of yeah. got out of the habit of using no, that. Our current listeners may not even know that what that is. If you look at our logo yeah. somewhere on our art, it says uh, <laughs> it's got our our, our yeah. scale, but it's uh, hold up. Is don't go see it. Like hold up, uh, wait for it. Was wait for it to be out on home video, which now has a different meaning. It just means yeah. wait for it to be free or wait for it to be on our, a service you're already. We subscribing were ahead of our to. time. And then uh, go ahead means see it now, however you can. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like it, it it also seems like a movie. Looking back on some of the marketing, like it's like the marketing's off. I I feel. Uh, I don't know. If Searchlight just doesn't know how to sell the movie but i think like trailer is a little misleading it falls into that same conversation of like the movie like ronald is saying like it's more atmosphere than story in in some ways and i think that's that's a little misleading from the way the trailer looks and i worry that people that will see it i mean obviously the three of us weren't really big fans of it but i mean people that are going to be pulled in simply by the trailer i think they'll be even more disappointed by it um, because of the way that it kind of falls into that, it's a little more stylized uh, of a trailer than the movie actually is. Um, yeah, there were some cool shots, though. I gotta say, like, yeah. so when, cool. when 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 she starts like seeing like the like the way the framing is like of the yes. house, like the silhouettes, and then and then yeah. the camera shifts, and you're like, oh, that's just the way the wall is hitting the shadow, like. That shit was cool. Like that's the first a, that's time a, that happened was the fucking creepiest thing. When she's there's like a basement door and it opens. It's like yep. a, with a glass door in it. Yep. It's kind of swinging yep. behind her, but just slowly moving. And you see, there's a moment where like the shadow of the window and the curtain in the background. It looks like it, yeah. it becomes a man, and he turns and looks at her. You know, and yeah. you just go. But then it's like the door keeps moving and the shadow changes, and you don't see. And it's just like. Yeah, stuff like that was really inventive. Uh, and, yeah, and, and maybe they could have done more with that, that he was like the architect of the house and that yeah. the house was revealing him in these interesting ways. That almost feels like it could have been a whole different <laughs> like, way like to the, pursue that. Well, yeah. And also the idea of the kind of mirror house, the sort of nightmare version of the house, that was, I thought that was visually, like you were talking about the boat, all that stuff was really yeah. well done, where you don't really know where you are in terms of reality versus uh, dream or something. Um, yeah. And the girls were like running past her in the woods and stuff. Oh, that, was, that part was really, was really creepy, really creepy. creepy. Man. So yeah, we're saying it's got some moments, but it, yeah, it doesn't seal the deal. <clears throat> That's why I'm okay, sucking it out. Okay, uh, and I guess anyone who really wants to be surprised about this movie, we're basically at the end. So uh, as always, you made our day. But um, <laughs> uh, if if anybody doesn't care, did the friend seem like she was a was she a red herring? Was her like yes. worried nature the whole time meant to make us think that she yes. was somehow involved, and then for her not to be was supposed to be the twist? But it really yes. felt like what an annoying person. <laughs> yes. if, that, if that's just how she acts. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's accurate. Okay, this, this needed like. 
like a third and fourth draft, man. It was, Your was read like, is this spot feels on. Like a raw script, man. Like I'm. Yeah, she was very much like, "You sure you don't want to stay? Hey, don't look, don't look into this. Like, yeah. don't dig. What? Don't, yeah. don't worry. Stop. Nothing sure good's gonna want... come of this. Yeah, like, golly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you got that right. Not Rebecca Hall's fault, man. She's no, I actually liked so how brittle good. she was. I thought she was really funny almost in a dark way as far as when she was interacting with people. Like when that student's mom came in to talk about something. Oh, yeah, she that's was, good. And she was like, you know, just laid it on her. I thought that like th- that informed oh, yeah. that character so much. And also, honestly, if you really think about how fresh that is, this character, she didn't, it didn't happen months ago. It happened like a few days ago at the beginning yeah. of the story. It makes her behavior so much like that performance is really good. Like she does a great job of performing right. someone who is just on the edge of keeping it together uh, and really hasn't figured out how to exist in this new world that she's in yet. You know, um, I thought she did a good job of playing that, the rawness yeah. of that character. Yeah. Definitely. Then he tried to make it, make it seem like the neighbor was kind of, he was kind of darty. Yeah. He's like, hey, what's going on? He's right. trying to, that was weird. He, he was kind of that way too. You don't need to be checking into these <laughs> woods out here by yourself. I hate to see you out here. You know, like you're right. I mean, I do think that yes, they were wanting us to think what's up with everybody. Yeah. Uh, but the friend was the only character who it's like, why is she acting this way? <laughs> like, what is she? What is her? What is her goal here? And what friend would ever say, "Don't dig"? Your friend would be totally like, if, if whatever you find out, tell me because I want to know. Yeah. This yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me help. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, as, as 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 we tend to do with these episodes recently, we go through a ton of shit, and that's because we're watching a ton of stuff. And we kind of mentioned that last week. It was like it just seems like crazy how much is coming out. Like things breaking window, you know, breaking the theatrical window, coming out early. Like getting you know Snake Guys coming in out early this week. You you know you being able to check out Green Knight because it had its little. Well, it had like a special you know viewing online, and then they came out you know, you know video on demand the day after. It's just like there's so many things coming out every week. So like we're trying to keep up. So uh, we'll kind of keep pumping these episodes with as much that we can talk about as we, you know, see week to week. But it just seems like there's do you guys feel the same? Like that yeah. there's so much, there's so much to watch, stuff, man. man. It's like, well, no, I, like I was thinking about it in relation to like the fact that we are doing that watch them all Nightmare on Elm Street. And we theoretically yeah. need to wrap that up because we're planning on doing another watch them all for the fall. And that's actually connected to a little bit of a date and time. And I was like, how are we going to, how are we even going to yeah. do this? We're going to have to find a new week in, in every month to, you know, an extra yeah. one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And I mean, that said, like there's movies coming out today that we haven't even seen yet. Like reminiscence comes out on HBO max and in theaters, which I really want to see actually. Um, and then, you know, within a week or so, we'll be talking hopefully about Shang-Chi, but I don't know. We'll see how that works out. Oh, and yeah, the week after next Candyman comes out. So we'll actually know next week Candyman comes out. So hopefully we'll be, we'll be seeing that. We'll be talking about that next week. Um, yeah, man, so many movies, but yeah, we'll, We'll keep up with it as long as you keep listening. Right. Whoever you are listening, we, we appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yes. Uh, Moviesmovie.com is the website. You can go there, find all of our past episodes, listen to them right there, or you can jump off into whatever podcast app you prefer to listen in. Uh, they're all linked directly on that page. Uh, we're on all social media pages. Uh, they're all the slash movie movie. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you can find us in all those channels. Uh, but if you subscribe, just every episode, just kind of ask, like if you can leave a review or a rating, any kind of feedback, if it's on that platform, 
or even if you see that share button, just kind of share a link with a friend maybe uh, of this episode or maybe a prior one that you really liked uh, of the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. It definitely helps get the word out. And, uh, you know, when people search for movie podcasts, because there's not enough, apparently, uh, you know, maybe it'll help ours maybe rise a little bit in those search results and help more people find this the show. Uh, yeah, you should you tell people, like, if, if you're listening, let some friends know. You know, there's a podcast where people, where, like, three guys talk about movies. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if people know this is happening. I mean, this is something, <laughs> it's our bad marketing that people don't know this is a thing. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, so do what John said. Like, help help make them realize that we, you know, this this special thing. This, this format exists. Thing, it, it, it's here for their for their taking, if they if they would like to. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys, anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? No. You good? You good? Yeah. I, th- I think we'll all say go see Snake Eyes. It's fun. Go see yeah. Snake Eyes. Or rent, you know, get a Peabody at home. It, be safe. Be smart. Watch Snake Eyes. Uh, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. As always, you made our day. Thanks. Bye.